candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. Put it down with me. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. And George Washington told me I don't have to care about the royal baby and you can't make me. Yeah. That's right. We're a Riverdale <laughs> recap podcast and we're here to talk to you about chapter 56, The Dark Secret of Harvest House. Written... <laughs> so much that stuff. Written by Christine Chambers and James DeWill and directed by Rob Seedenglanz. Does it also make sense? Because in this episode, we see them glands. All them glands. There's a there's a lot of penis references in this episode. <laughs> I guess that's the difference between glands and glands. Yeah. The D is very small. Yeah. Which is also a penis reference. So, dear. <laughs> in my notes several times, I basically put penis. You were writing a wish list. No. Okay. It was more like, this is what they mean here, in case I forget later. They meant penis. <laughs> we don't open on penis. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not open the penis. Or open on them and, like, smush them with the door. That would probably kind of hurt. Ah. We pick up where we kind of left off with Jughead's voiceover talking about how it was the, the deadliest prom night since Carrie's. Yeah. And, you know, we have to remember, oh, yeah, Betty saw a lot of dead people as she was running. Because it's kind of like, we didn't see anyone die. We just saw dead people. Right. And we saw some people in scenes after prom where they didn't really react too much to all the dead people. Yeah. So I'm glad we're, we're rewinding like, oh, yeah, it's a very busy day for FP. I'm like, how many people did die? We don't really discuss the There's numbers. There's a lot of body bags. But before then, before we get into the episode proper, I did note that we had a very, very long previously on Riverdale. Oh my, we were throwing it back. We, we're all like, the way back to the first episode of the season. Seeing some Dilton. A whole lot from, in between. Remember when he was alive? Like, no, I don't. <laughs> it's been a long time <laughs> since he was alive. It's been about 20 chapters. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't there a clip of him in his, like, scout uniform? It was, mm -hmm. like, really old. So that's how you know things are really going to pop off in this episode. They have to go that far back to, to make sure you realize what's happening. It's like, oh, dang. So we see body bags. We see uh, symbols on the lockers, taking pictures, gathering evidence. And uh, so Jughead goes to vis visit our good friend, Dr. Curdle Jr., of all the announcements they could possibly make for Series 4, the one I want most is Dr. Curdle Jr. upgraded to Series Regular. Yes. <laughs> yes, please make it happen. I would like to see Dr. Curdle Jr. at Pops. I want to see who we ship Dr. Curdle Jr. with. I want Dr. Curdle Jr. to have, like, a midlife crisis and call up his teenage friends to <laughs> at like at the age of 27 he'll have a midlife crisis <laughs> he didn't he's not aging well um and be like you guys it's it's been rough can we just like go get milkshakes together mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're like there and they support him and give him a pep talk and encourage him to go ask the girl out we spend more time at his office he's got like a a file keeper or a receptionist, some sort of clerical worker at the coroner's office. They become a character. 
She's very bubbly. Very bubbly. I imagine the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Same actor, actually. It's, yeah. it's a real May-December thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think there should be a moment where they call him up and they get his voicemail and we find that he's like off to Disney World. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we don't get any of that. But we do go visit him. And, uh, you know, the question is, how did Hal fake his own death? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he has re-examined the hand and is like, well, it seems like the amputation was self-inflicted. Good job, darling. Thank you. Um, and, you know, that's not really easy because there's like eight bones. Boy. <laughs> but usually I understand he, he didn't have, you know, ideal circumstances. But the point is to go around the bones and like carve the ligaments in between. Or you could like twenty seven hours it and break uh, the the arm bones near the wrist and just go through the two gaps you make there. My arms um, feel like they're gonna pass out right now. Okay, from this. Okay. <laughs> like normally, you're the one who gets wincy at that, but I'm like, ew. Would it help if I'm not sure that's the number of hours, and I only said it so I didn't accidentally say twenty seven dresses. Is that helping? I'm pretty sure it is 27 hours. Okay. I don't know. Quick editor's note, it's actually 127 hours. And a real fun mnemonic device uh, to remember that, you take the number of Dalmatians and you add uh, the Jim Carrey vehicle, the number 23, and then to top it all off, you also add those three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri for 127 hours because it really does draw from all three of those stories. And now back to the episode. I'm not going to watch that movie. (laughs) I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I once had a seven-year-old student tell me that their parents let them watch that movie. They just had to close their eyes sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so all the time? Because it seems like it's all the time. And your objection isn't the the grisly bits. It's just James Franco. You hate him that much? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, we go visit, um, the lodges where Hiram is in a mid-yelling match with Hermione, who's Mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? You can't do that. And we find out that he wants to privatize Riverdale. The whole damn thing. He's gonna buy it and get it out of debt, and the governor's already said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Hermione's not okay with this. So we got this town that is being portrayed in the media as basically a hell dimension. Yes. That's saddled with debt, and the governor has written it off and, and is just trying to get things in the re- uh, in the black at any cost. Mm-hmm. Is season four going to be about the Riverdale water crisis? You know, we is could <laughs> go there. This- <laughs> If we're going to keep going ripped from the headlines for everything that Hiram wants to do, just this is what happened to Flint, people. This, Yes. Yes, it is. Like, I'm surprised we actually haven't had something like the zombie thing could have been. Oh, well, actually, it's in the water because we switched where our water's coming from. And now it's coming from the polluted Sweetwater River that's just mm-hmm. full of drugs leaking out of the pro- for-profit prison. Well, that's that's what the uh, the seizures were. 
Yeah. It, it was well, ru- run off from the, the jingle jangle. That's what the seizures were. But I feel like we could have gone even deeper with this. Yeah, and it yeah. was then like zombies. But you guys ignored the warning signs. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's become a bigger issue. We don't just have seizures. We have fucking zombies. And, and the T-virus is now leaching out of the ancient pipes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, like, we could have gone deeper in this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Veronica goes to visit Archie and his mom, uh, where she fills them in on how everything was fake, that mm-hmm. she never actually owned anything, and that you know now her father wants to buy the town, and she just can't believe this all. And Archie says, "Yeah, Ronnie, your dad sucks." <laughs> <laughs> what a supportive friend. I love, I love how he delivers this line. There's just a sense that, like, yeah. We all know. Why are you going on? This this is not a surprise to anyone. Like, thanks for the update, but I don't know what you want from me. Your dad sucks. He just sucks. He's an asshole. We all know. Oh, my God. Yes, your father's a racist. Like, it's... (laughs) (laughs) That's the one way he doesn't suck. He's not a racist. As far as we know. He's not a racist. He could be really anti-Semitic. There is no evidence to the contrary yet. 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 I mean, he does seem to have it out for redheads. <laughs> he really seems to have something against them. <laughs> He's the last person in the world with an Irish need not apply sign. Yep. <laughs> we figured it out. Yep. There we go. So then Veronica gets this idea and she's all like, hmm, you know... With all the shady stuff going on at my businesses. Which aren't technically her businesses. Can can he be prosecuted since he, like, owns it? And Mary, being a lawyer, is like, what shady business? <laughs> Veronica, just slip her five bucks, and then you can say anything you want. Yep. Yep. Uh, I love that Veronica's plan is just to weaponize her criminal negligence. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so Betty's at the farm with uh, quite the wardrobe of farm shirts. Yes. And uh, she sees uh, Evelyn mm-hmm. in her room with a lot of medical devices. Yes. And it's all like, hmm, I must check that out later. She's hooked up to some tubes and pumps and whatnot. We'll check in with her later. <laughs> uh, so Mary uh, calls up her friend, someone else she knows from Sarah Florence. Yeah, Agent Ordelia of the FBI. Mary was very popular in college. She just she just knows everyone and kept in touch with everyone before Facebook. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I've kept in touch with a handful of people from college. And you know what? None of them are FBI agents. <laughs> or lawyers. It's just No, good. one of them's a lawyer. I take that back. <laughs> one of them became a lawyer. I'm just happy for, for Mary that she managed to keep on such good terms with all of her college exes. Yeah. 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 You think she uh, swings both ways? She, yeah. Yeah, that's She's... really that's really what she means by my friend. Uh-huh. She, hasn't, she doesn't know how to break it to Archie. Archie. The reason I left your father. I was closing off a part of myself and I had to continue to explore it. Yeah. And also the parts of all of these friends I'm introducing you to. They have nice parts. They have pretty good parts, Archie. You'd think so too. They're old enough to be his mother. 
but they're not. <laughs> and we know Archie likes older women. He just has to wait like another year and then it's legal. Mm-hmm. Creepy as hell. Creepy but as legal. hell, but legal. Veronica uh, fills uh, her in on, you know, all these crimes. Mm-hmm. She's like, but aren't those crimes you committed? <laughs> and Mary's very, uh, you know, well, we can't confirm or deny any of that. Mm-hmm. But um, she she is calling Veronica her client. So she did get Veronica did buy her a coffee, I guess. Yes. Yeah. It's like, well, we have to catch him red handed. We have to catch him in the act of something mm-hmm. um, to be able to you know, get him for anything. Meanwhile, at the farm, let's talk a little bit more about Betty's farm look. She's she's borrowed one of Evelyn's t-shirts. Several. Several. And I think they just give them out in a welcome kit. She's wearing buttonfly red corduroy pants. Those are probably from Carrie the Musical. <laughs> and we know that Betty is not herself because she's wearing her hair down and unbound. Yes. But the, the whole look together makes me think that she is ready for a, a 1978 summer camp. Yeah. And not a 2019 cult. Cults were big back then. Cults were pretty big back then. So she's meeting with Edgar and Alice and Polly. Edgar's like, you know, your, your family has something they want to tell you. And Alice is like, you know, when you were eight, uh, you fell off your bike and you spent a lot of time in the hospital, which Betty does not remember. And they ran a bunch of tests, and they discovered that she had these genes, the MAOA and the CDH something. Yeah, the the serial killer genes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she has a predisposition to violence. Now, the the serial killer genes, this bit of popular science uh, came out, uh, judging by the date of this article in Popular Science... The, the, the link between these factors and, and serial killers uh, was popularized three years ago. Yeah. Which means if Betty was eight, this show is set <laughs> 13 years in the future. Yeah. This, okay. This fucks with your entire timeline, darling. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> so how old's Chick? So if Betty is currently... 17. Uh huh. Nine years after three years ago. Uh huh. Nine years after three years ago is six years in the future, excuse me. So it is 2025. Uh huh. If it's 2025, that means that FP was born in 1975. Uh huh. Uh, which means he was 18 in 1993, which lines up pretty closely to the events <laughs> as depicted. Uh, soundtrack accepted in uh, the Midnight Club. Uh-huh. So actually, yes, this fixes the timeline. <laughs> this fixes the timeline. <laughs> you didn't think it was going there. I, it's all coming together. <laughs> we need oh a my diagram. God. Oh, my God. God, they they knew what they were doing all along. Can we make a little like family tree of everyone's like <laughs> dates of birth? I feel like it would be helpful. So Edgar lets her know that well, you're you're here here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can heal now. He we switch to where they're now in his his study. 
and she's in the chair and he's behind his desk and he's yes. going off about how like this this doesn't define you and he starts like those those bouncy balls uh a, a Newton's cradle i believe they're called yes and popular desk toy yes and some incense cuz He's a fucking hippie. Yeah, a popular hippie desk toy, incense. Uh, and so he wants her to tell him about her fears. She kind of gets, like, zoned in on the bouncy balls and and kind of high. Seems <laughs> like she's kind of high. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that was incense he was lighting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but she talks about how she always felt like there was another person inside of her that was capable of dark things, and she she doesn't know how to get rid of her. And he's all like, well, the first step is confrontation. And so the balls are uh, bouncing back and forth, and people can see my hand gestures of balls. They're they're good balls here. (laughs) You've got great ones. And then it goes, like, the ball noise transitions to dripping. Mm -hmm. And she's now in the basement a uh, dark basement with, like, one light. And apparently a leaky pipe issue. They should have somebody out for there that. There is going to be so much mold. Yeah, it, they're they're catching it in, like... No wonder those, why everyone's high. Yeah, one of those iron uh, uh, buckets for, like, campfires. Toxic mold poisoning, y'all. Look it up. So then suddenly another Betty appears. Yes. But in, like, very, like... This is classic Betty, ponytail, Peter Pan collar, baby that, blue sweater. That that sweater she's worn before, mm-hmm. very early on in season one, yes, I'm yes. pretty sure. And they they are confronting each other, yes. farm Betty and put together Betty. And uh, this this standing, mocking Betty is presenting herself as as the dark side, the, the evil impulses. So like, where's your black wig, huh? Huh? Yeah. I know what Dark Betty looks like, and it's not you. Well, Dark Betty tells Farm Betty that you know she knows all the things that Betty likes to hide, such as uh, what they did to their cat, Carmel. Mm-hmm. Farm Betty does not know anything about this, and Dark Betty... I don't want to call her Dark Betty, because she's not Dark Betty. No, that involves a lacy bustier. This is... Uh, what do we call her? I would call her Farm Betty. Well, Which I'm, I know is going to be very confusing. I'm calling her Farm Betty because she's wearing the she's farm wearing the shirt. she's wearing the farm shirt. Sweater Betty. Sweater Betty. Sweater Betty. <laughs> Whoa, Sweater Betty. Bam, lambs. Whoa, oh, Sweater Betty. Betty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Sweater Betty says that they drowned the cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that she once pushed Polly down the stairs. And uh, Farm Betty is in denial about this and is like, no... Didn't do that. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but Sweater Betty also goes on about how I she is not a part of her. That Farm Betty is a part of her. Sweater Betty. That, yes, and Sweater Farm Betty, Betty is, is, the, is the full, real Betty. And Farm Betty is the illusion. Yes. Sweater Betty is a weird thing to say. Sweater <laughs> Betty, Sweater Betty, Sweater Betty. That's that's that comedy show everybody's talking about lately. That is sweater such, Betty. That is such a good tongue twister. Yeah. Five times fast. Here we go. Sweater Betty, Sweater Betty, Sweater Betty, Sweater Betty, Sweater Betty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to get your T's instead of your D's. Uh, Not the pheasant plucker. Stop calling me that, please, please. I I've uh, I love all of God's creatures. I'm not the pheasant plucker. I'm the pheasant plucker son. I'm only plucking pheasants till the pheasant plucker comes. 
You guys should practice that one and see what happens, but not around children. Okay? Okay. Around babies. Yeah, they can't speak, so it's fine. So then the drips become balls again. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots we, of ball images. We cut straight back to Edgar Evernever's shiny balls. And it's the question of like- Polished. Did, was was Betty elsewhere or, or did she just go in her brain? And that's what's- it's implied is like she just went in her brain. I mean, we're we're seeing a, a case of hypnosis. Like the, this is named later in the episode, but I think it's we've got repetitive noises, strong smells that you you could put anything in there. Why not? Uh, and the suggestion of implanted memories. Yes, Your repetitive noises are really good at putting someone in a suggestive state. Yeah. Uh, so Edgar asks her, "What did she feel?" And she talks about the stabbing pain in her forehead. And he's like, oh, good. Your body has located the trauma. That's step one. <laughs> I thought step one was confrontation. Apparently, are, are we, we have doing step- more than one plan in parallel? We have two plans. Two plans. Or it's step one and step O-N-E. Number one <laughs> and spell uh-huh. that one. Okay. He doesn't realize how confusing this is. Well, that's so he can always keep you guessing, so you're always reliant on him. It's like, what's step it's, two? It's a way to exercise control among the faithful. Yeah. I know all your cult tricks. Um, so he, like, holds her hand and lets her know that together we can discharge pain. Or, like, t- together we can do this. We mm-hmm. can discharge the pain together. And I'm just like, don't talk about discharging stuff to a 17-year-old, you old man. I don't care how nice your abs are. <laughs> also, You like, just made her watch your shiny balls, and now you're talking about discharging together. And anyhow, about the pain, <laughs> we're in the midst of an opioid crisis. I don't know if you heard, but we got to be careful with that sort of thing. So, uh, Betty calls Jughead, mm-hmm. um, which I'm very glad to know she has her cell phone and can make phone calls, <laughs> uh, and fills him in on what happened, and he's like, oh. Don't listen to Edgar. Don't listen to a thing he says. He's like, those those balls, they're trying to influence you. Mm-hmm. Watch out for them balls. <laughs> well, yeah, there's like five of them. Yeah. Uh, he, he immediately is like, you know, do I, do I need to help you get out? Do we need to escape? And she's like, no, I got an idea I want to try. And she she's playing with like her candle. Yes. Because this is, it's not Chicago. They let you have candles. <laughs> Cults are allowed to have candles, even in Chicago. <laughs> but Betty's determined to find out what's going on, so she's not going to leave. So she lets him know about how she got the note from mm-hmm. a gesture, a jester. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I got my quest. Yes. Gonna going to look for this. He's going to find the provenance of this note that set up her, her attack. And she bids him farewell by saying, Godspeed, my brave Hellcaster. Godspeed, my brave Hellcaster is my favorite Canadian experimental band. Yeah. So at the school, uh, Jughead goes to greet another student named Sluey? <laughs> Do- Why? Why not? Dewey? I thought I... I feel like every time he said it, it had a different consonant. Yeah, Duford. <laughs> Perhaps Llewellyn. Like, I really thought it was Sluey, and then I wasn't <laughs> sure. Uh, we're going to go with Sluey. So Jughead's like, you know, my girlfriend told me a, just, a jester named Jerry got a note from a druid named Luna who got it from a centaur named Sluey. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think it's Sluey. <laughs> 
I don't know what he said. I couldn't make it out. I was so confused. Because I'm like, I really hope he's not saying Jewy. <laughs> Hiram's the anti-Semite. We covered this. I don't think it's Dewey. All I'm coming up with is Slewy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why he was dressed as a centaur. He's descended from Seattle Slew yeah. on his mother's side. So It wasn't a costume. He just looks like that. He's a centaur. Uh, so Jughead p- pays Slewy $20 to say, like, where'd you get that note? And we find out it was from a kid. A kid matching Ricky's description. Good old Ricky DeSantos back in it. So over at the farm, uh, Betty goes to sit with Kevin and Fangs and Cheryl and Tony for lunch. Mm-hmm. Th- um, this is this episode's version of the uh, the student lounge scene. Or like the picnic table outside that they used to sit at that they no longer sit at because no one goes to school. <laughs> uh, Fangs winces in pain and Betty's very concerned. He's like, oh, you know, it's fine. Uh, just a little sore from uh, my procedure. Oh. Um. And then they all start talking about how, uh, like, Tony's next to get hers done. They're all so excited. You know, all had it. And it's to, like, cleanse. It's Edgar's way. You know, he transforms emotional pain to physical pain. And then you get rid of it. Kevin talks about how, you know, his back hurt for a while. But it was worth it. And Betty lifts up his shirt. And you see a a giant gash. Like a foot, like a ruler long scar. Mm Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look to be sutured properly. No. It's turning colors. It did not heal right. Oh. Um, and, and he's very self-conscious. He does not like her uh, uh, lifting up his shirt and getting a peek at the goodies. He, he, was, he was pissed and he stormed off. And Kevin or Fangs went after him and Cheryl like turned away from Betty. Oh, she is a pariah. This invasion of, of someone's autonomy. How dare she? Uh, so meanwhile, Veronica rushes to Archie and is like, hey, I got this plan. We just got to play our parts right. And it's like, oh, fuck. Why are you coming to Archie? So Archie goes to the steam room. But we, we are established in the steam room before he arrives. Yes. And I am so happy to see that Hiram still has some adult friends. Friends his age. I'm assuming all these adult friends have, like, teenagers. <laughs> well, he, he's uh, talking about his upcoming business opportunities. Stuff on the north side. Stuff with river views. He's got, got a lot uh, coming in ready for development. Anybody wants to get in on the ground floor. Yes. And that's when Archie comes in. And uh, Archie's like... Here you want to, you know, buy the town, and I can't let that happen. I'm sick of you thinking you can control everything, which is why I'm going to kick your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's why it needed to be Archie. One of the parts was to be dumb. (laughs) I'm going to kick your ass. (laughs) (laughs) They should have done it right then and there, and it could have been all Eastern promises with, like, testicles flying everywhere no no that's only for edgar clack 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 he does look more like vigo mortensen (laughs) yeah yeah okay of the three of them yes 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 between chad michael murray kj appa and (laughs) 
<laughs> Mark Consuelos. He does look the most like Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. He looks like he could speak Russian. Or Elvish while we're at it. He looks you like know. he'd buy a horse for a crew member. Yeah. On several movies. You know, when you got a lot of money, you buy people happiness. I'm which surprised. is pets, I guess. I'm always surprised to hear these stories because I do not think of him as a f- somebody who has that much money. He banked off of those Lord of the Rings movies. Come on. I mean, that depends on what he aimed for in the contract, right? I mean, he's won a lot of awards. That's true, but they don't come with cash prizes. No, but I feel like that ups your, like, It ups pay. your asking price, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, how much did, like, Mr. Fantastic or whatever that movie was called make? Not a lot. Now that we know Archie wants to kick his ass, let's let's have a boxing match. Because everyone's saying you're going soft, and they're, like, betting against you. And Hiram has the greatest line of the episode. There's nothing soft about me. He says as he stands up and approaches a teenage boy wearing only a towel. They stand inches apart from each other. Nipples practically grazing one another. Eyes locked. The only thing separating the things. That may or may not be soft. Oh my god. What is the theme of this episode? Remember the episode where they wrestled? Yeah, I was uncomfortable. Veronica goes to Hiram later mm-hmm. and is all like, you know, I'm just getting all these calls about bets against you for this fight. And like, I don't want to be involved in it. And he's like, wait, what? Bets? You should be involved in it. The house makes money off of bets, no matter and, who wins. And all the bets should go through uh, the club mm-hmm. and I'm going to win. Yeah. So if we're manipulating the outcome, we can make even more money on it. So meanwhile, at the farm, uh, Betty is walking with Polly, and Polly's just so proud of her. Polly is also dressed for her upcoming rehearsal for Hair, the musical. Yes. Yes. Polly asks, well, did your darker half mention the time you pushed me down the stairs? Don't worry, I forgave you a long time ago. <laughs> it's it's easy to take this either as evidence that Betty is awakening real memories, uh-huh. or that these people have a vested interest in planting these memories in her. They have quite a script. This memory could have been planted in Polly through suggestion, mm-hmm. and then they just trusted her to bring it up with Betty later. Yes. Who knows how deep it goes. Who knows how long they've been planning this. Uh, so meanwhile, at the Joneses, around mm-hmm. the dining room pool table. So good. Uh, Jughead. So good. It's almost as good as the Big Mouth Billy Bass. Yeah. I miss that. I hope I the Billy it. Bass is somewhere. It is melted in a heap. You know that burned down with the rest of it. Yeah. Can they buy a new one? <laughs> I'm sure they still sell those I... at like Bass Pro Shop. I really would love to see a supercut of every like really dramatic emotional scene with that in the background. Yeah. It's so good. I would love someone to do a like a cut video where like in the middle of a big scene happening it goes off and it starts singing yeah, a song. It tells us that we should not worry and instead be happy. Yeah. Don't worry. Be happy. Not now, f- Wallfish. We're busy. <laughs> Wallfish is the character find of 2019. Wallfish, we're trying to have sex. Oh my god! We are being happy! If you would shut up, you're the thing we're worried about. Uh, so they're sharing some food, 
having a little snack. Mm-hmm. Jellybean's like, "What? What's up? Something you're you're after something." And and Jughead wants to know uh, where Ricky is because he's working for the Gargoyle King, and and people are in danger. Apparently, he and Jellybean have been having some chats off screen because she recognizes this as a dangerous thing now. Yes. I I guess we've had the talk about the Gargoyle King. So Jellybean lets him know that he's in Fox Forest, uh, getting ready to ascend, whatever that means. Jughead has this big reaction of shock and urgency that Jellybean, of course, picks up on and becomes the fastest cartographer in the West. Yes, because he needs a map. (laughs) And she's really fucking good at it, we find out later. <laughs> so, meanwhile, uh, Betty is back with Edgar and the balls. Mm-hmm. But while he's turned away, she takes um, some of the wax that she had apparently picked off from the candle and puts it in her ears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Something I love about that is that it is reflected in the sound design, which gives us a hint for what's really happening. Yes. Uh, it muffles it. After that point, yes, the dialogue in this scene just has this muffle pass, even though the uh, non-diegetic sound, like like the, the score, is still perfectly clear. Yes. And then when we go back to the uh, basement for some more Betty on Betty action, it's perfectly clear, unaffected yes. by these, these makeshift earplugs. Yeah. So good. It's so good. Um, but yeah, so she puts it in. He asks her, like, you know, why have you returned? And she says, to, you know, she wants to see herself mm-hmm. again. And then we see Edgar leading her into the basement room and sitting her in the chair. Suddenly, the he leaves and, like, sweater Betty appears, mm-hmm. talking to her and about how, like, you know, did you miss me? And soon one will become Betty and uh, you'll become your truest self. And Which then, is a killer. Well, and right before that is said, mm-hmm. Sweater Betty takes a step forward and the face becomes Polly. It's Polly. And Polly says, the truest self is you're a killer just like dad. And it's time for you to embrace it. Uh, ah, ah. Polly. They hypnotized her. They drugged her. Led her to the room. Made her think that she was in like her brain somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this is Betty inside her brain, but it's actually Polly, and ah, yeah. Yes. Good. Uh, so meanwhile, Jughead is in the woods with mm-hmm. his really good map, and he comes across Ricky with um, a wood sculpture of the Gargoyle King the, sacrifice. The tripod yes, effigy. that. Uh, with goblets set up in a circle of stones. He, he went all out. Yes. And Jughead... Kicks it all away. <laughs> he punts that uh, flavor aid. No. No. Uh, and he's like, I'm taking you back to civilization. <laughs> I need you alive. And Ricky's like, no, not going to go. We answer to no one. And he's like, we. And suddenly all the Boy Scouts appear. I'm not sure that Moonrise Kingdom needed a sequel. I mean, I love <laughs> that movie, but I don't think this is the direction I saw going. So yeah, all these boys appear in their scout uniforms with giant spears. <laughs> Sharpened pointy sticks. And they start to chase Jughead through the woods. He goes the And like o- screaming while doing so. Yes. He goes the only place uh, that, that seems safe into the sex hole. 
Yes. Where he knows that he'll be protected because that's a clear 16 plus zone. None of these kids are allowed in the sex hole. Yeah. No. Apparently you can lock it from the inside, Mm -hmm. which I find very interesting in a moment because he comes across Princess Ethelene. Yes. Welcome back, Ethel Muggs. Who is hiding from the Gargoyle King, who she's worried she's pissed off. And I'm like, girl, if you were scared, why didn't you lock the bunker from the inside like Jughead just did to make sure that the scouts don't get in? Because she has such very conflicted, powerful feelings, as we learn throughout this scene. She is convinced that the Gargoyle King will kill her. Yeah. But she is so devoted to him because he is so beautiful. Yeah. And, she just and waiting powerful. and hoping the Gargoyle King comes to the sex hole to mm-hmm. sex her. This this is some serious Sundere feelings, is, is what it is. Well, instead she gets Jughead, and she says, Help me, Jughead Jones. You're my only hope. It's not their fault that the fourth fell on a Saturday. <laughs> it is their fault for putting it in the episode anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ethel fills him all in. Um, that, you know, she's worried that he's going to kill her because she failed her mission. Mm-hmm. And that mission, she was the one sent to tell Ricky to send the letter. Right. Etc. to Betty. Because the Gargoyle King didn't get whatever he wanted out of Betty that night, mm-hmm. Ethel believes she's marked for death. Yes. By that night, I mean last night. Yes. The night before. Well, and what we find out is that after Betty saved her, from the false king, she went back to the woods to join the real king. Mm-hmm. The false king of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Yeah. They just had a statue on a plinth. That's not a real king. Um, and so she goes on about how the gar- real gargoyle king is beautiful and she loves him. She also refers to the scouts as the lost boys. Mm-hmm. Okay. She is, she's been placed in charge of the lost yes. boys. Yes, that's what it is. I got a question while we're talking about chronology. So Fangs just got his procedure. He just had his pain removed, right? Yes. Shouldn't that have been during prom then? Considering what we know that scar looks like, I'm going to go with, like, he had it done a week ago. Okay. And he's- And, like, prom was the first time he was able to be out and about in the world? Let's go with that. Okay, okay. And he was, you know, hiding it and Mm -hmm. drugged up, because prom. Can't miss that. (laughs) Can't miss prom. He just found out they're doing one. Yeah. It's why he didn't get a tux. He just went with a jacket. Yeah. So he didn't have time to, to go to a fitting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it hides the blood leaking through his shirt better. <laughs> so Veronica uh, has Reggie meet her at Pops. Mm-hmm. I haven't and seen I'm him so in a while. And I'm so happy to see Reggie and their plan and crimes and their due in time over milkshakes at Pops. I guess Reggie didn't go to prom. Reggie didn't go to prom. He had or no prom. date. No date. So Veronica's like, you know, I'm going to... Pull a con, and I need my best con man. And he's not so into it until she's like, we're going to take down my dad. And then he's like, damn right. Because Reggie knows the the way to get into uh, Veronica's pants is to do something against her dad. Yes. Yes. It's a proven path. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. The way to Veronica's ass is through Hiram. Hiram needs to stop being involved in things. (laughs) So uncomfortable. There's uh, nothing soft about him. I feel like he was just going to be like, let me prove it. Whip off the towel. No, no, he doesn't whip off the towel. He just 
hangs it. It, uh? it just slowly rises and the towel <laughs> falls from him and unhooks and then it's like, <laughs> hands on hip, take that, Archie! <laughs> what? I've got to practice this trick. <laughs> He's very talented. And, mm-hmm. then, and then he like whips it around so the towel like flies. Yeah, into a rat tail and then he whips Archie. Yeah. All hands free. Yeah. Amazing. You could sell tickets. Get you with my penis. This season on America's Got Talent. So meanwhile, uh, Betty is at the farm and she goes to visit her uh, four favorite farmies. Mm-hmm. And lets them know, okay, here's what's going down. Edgar's hypnotizing or hypnotizing us. And they're all like, yeah, it's what therapy is. Welcome to the future, Betty. People pay money for that. It's like, 2025. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, it takes our pain away. It's good. She's like, no, he, he's in, inflicting pain. This is bad. Like, no, he he's our healer. Mm-hmm. Unless you have proof. No. So Betty now has a challenge. <laughs> we all know Betty don't turn down no challenge. No, especially when it's an investigative challenge. Uh, so Evelyn and Jughead come out of the sex hole. And I'm shocked to see that the Lost Boys are still there. In my experience, if you leave... A, a scout troop of this size alone for this amount of time, uh, they'll either just be shouting Simpsons quotes at each other or a Magic the Gathering tournament has broken out. One or the other. Yeah. Yes. That or they've, like, found something really dangerous to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with all those pointy sticks, you mean? Pointy sticks and pocket knives. Like, hey, I'm tired of whittling things. Let's let's throw some knives at each other. <laughs> Bet you can't catch my spear. Yeah. Bet you can't catch my spear one-handed. Bet you can't catch my spear no-handed. Use your teeth. Use your teeth. Fuck. But uh, Ethel informs them that the Hellcaster has brought good news. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, Ricky took off and Jack's missing. And Ethel's like, we can't leave Jack. He's the youngest. <laughs> He's the little one, you know, baby one. What's there the should have been one with like a little teddy bear in the initial chain. What's what's the little one's name in Peter Pan? Michael and John. Yeah, that's what Michael's it is. the littlest one with with the teddy bear. Yes, with the teddy bear should have named him Michael. So Jughead and Ethel rush off to go find him because um, he can't be left behind. No, Betty um, is walking the halls of the farm and she sees Evelyn in her room with medical stuff and she goes in and is like what's all this? It's um, dialysis read a book Betty fuck you. She's all like you know, I was very sick as a child Betty's all like oh so your dad husband treating you? Mm-hmm. Kind of weird still Eth- Evelyn still kind of weird. I do not see any medical degrees on any of these walls. So Betty looks at the bag hanging on the IV thing, and it's actually anti-rejection meds. Yeah, it's like immunosuppressants that you would give someone with an organ transplant. And Betty starts to put it all together, that there are scars on people, Mm -hmm. that there's procedures. Scars right where you might remove Kevin Keller's kidney. And this means Edgar is butchering people! (laughs) This is an X-Files episode. Yep. Not just in general, but a specific X-Files episode. Yes. Nothing lasts forever. The second to last episode 
ever. It, it aired 14 months ago. Yeah. It's, it's the last monster of the week before the, the season 11 finale. Mm-hmm. Where there's this cult that was stealing organs from uh, uh, hospitals, which is how Mulder and Scully got on them. And when they, they found them, they, they found a bunch of, like, ritual killing, and that they were offering their organs to the cult leaders, who were this couple, one of whom was an 85-year-old woman, played by someone in, in her 20s or 30s, and they were sewing themselves to their greatest followers in order to just siphon the youth off of them. Yes. This is that X-Files episode. Yeah. That's why Evelyn looks so young. <laughs> Well, and Betty puts together that, well, if he's butchering all these people, it can't just be for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she runs off. And Evelyn can't run after her because she's... she's hooked up to the dialysis yeah, machine. that would hurt. Uh, so Betty goes and picks a lock with her trusty mm-hmm. bobby pin and goes into what is the operating room and into the freezer where she finds jar uh, things of blood Jars of very samples and organs. And lots of coolers mm-hmm. that say, The Farm Harvest Project. I love it, I love it, I love ah! it. This is what they're farming. I don't see any fields. This, this is, is what is this is the harvest of the farm. How did we not see this? It's so perfect. I love it. Organs. It's an organ farm. So Jughead and Evelyn are uh, over at our... Uh, trusty local junkyard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, at junkyard steves junkyard steves uh they're at the, the school bus looking for jack and they find jack jack still does not have his carving knife no he can't find it but someone else finds them and it's the black hood mm-hmm. the the black hood spots them and marches slasher killer like yeah uh, dragging their their hook mm-hmm. into the bus uh, our heroes barely escape out the back door of the bus that was jammed, uh, throw some stuff against it to bar it, throw a pipe through the front door of the bus to sort of trap the Black Hood in, in what is now a terrarium, I suppose. Yeah. They're like, it's not going to hold. We must run. And off they go. In this scene, though, yes. I noticed something that I'm sure has been true for a long time, yes. but I wonder how long. Jughead is wearing a ring oh. on the ring finger of his left hand. Is he serpent married? The ring started appearing two episodes ago. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. He has like four rings on now. Yeah. yeah. That started like within the past four episodes. Interesting. The one, um, there was a shot of him, I think two episodes ago. It was one of the pictures they released beforehand. I don't remember what was going on, but his hands were like by his face and he had a ring on then. And then I noticed it in those episodes. He had mm-hmm. like three or four. I'm just waiting for the... Uh... And like one's a snake. <laughs> of course it is. But where's the deleted scene where he gets serpent married? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Well, I think what's interesting is so when the show first started, they he had some bracelets he would wear. Mm-hmm. Those didn't last through the, even all of the first season. No. And then like he had no jewelry. And then all of a sudden... I think he, he had a necklace for a little while, maybe. I think he had like maybe like a little black cord or something. Yeah, yeah. But that didn't last very long, and now, like, bunch of rings. <laughs> Better for punching people. I suppose. I guess. Though, he doesn't really punch people. I don't know. 
So at the Andrews household, uh, Archie comes down the stairs ready to go box. Yeah. And Mary's like, so you're doing whatever this plan was? And uh, he starts like, trying to justify himself, but she's like, no, no, no. Fuck Hiram. He sucks. Have you heard how much he sucks? Veronica's dad sucks. I want to go watch. <laughs> Which is a horrible idea. So at uh, the El Royale, mm-hmm. we we cut back and forth between that and the speakeasy. Right. Uh, speakeasy's taking bets. Veronica asks Reggie how things are looking, and he says, really, really illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now everything is squared away with whatever this plan is, we'll be seeing soon. So she takes the stage, uh, and starts singing Beyonce's Daddy. Yes. A song all about daddies and violence. Yeah. So it's really fitting. And, uh, as she sings, uh, Hiram comes in, they start to box yeah. Archie's doing really good and like not getting hit, but Ar- then the table's turning, he's getting hit, and they're hitting each other. It's <laughs> that's how it goes. That's how boxing goes. Hitting each other lots. Mm-hmm, There's really mm-hmm. no way to describe this other than like punch, punch, punch uh, for no, a while. This is one of the better fights. They're they're both showing their skills. Yes. They're they're trading dominance. Uh, in a very even way, but there's no way they are in the same weight class. No. And I mean that literally, not the figurative sense, but like, Hiram is so broad. Yeah. He's huge. He he broader. Archie's taller. Mm-hmm. But like, no, Hiram has to have like 60 pounds on the boy. Eh, 25, 30. <laughs> well, even 25 or 30 is like, what, four boxing weight classes? <laughs> like. I mean, they're very small windows. Sixty is really extreme. Even mm-hmm. thirty is like kind of pushing it. He's twice Archie's width. It all depends on who has a bigger penis. Okay, like that's not what they measure. <laughs> it's not. But I, I mean, for weight, how much extra pounds are they packing? It depends <laughs> on whether there's anything soft about him. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Because it's harder to get it to lay down on the scale. (laughs) (laughs) But before they start the the match proper, I just really like the image of Archie already up in the ring, warming up shadow boxing with with his red silk robe flowing around him. Yeah. And taking all the attention while Hiram is just off to the side making his entrance and no one fucking cares. No. (laughs) He strips his black, because of course it's black, robe off. It's kind of bluish. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the way you draw black in comic books is with blue highlight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do like during the fighting, um, they do like a face cam. Yes. Like Archie's perspective. That's really cool. I like that a lot. There's some good use of steady cam. Like uh, we, we get the two of them side by side when they touch gloves. And then as they pull apart, the camera f- just walks backwards with Hiram. So we see Archie retreating in the back. It, it, that's yeah. a good dynamic shot um so it's one of my favorite fights overall over all the archie boxing matches and there's been a lot lately i think this is my favorite hiram starts to play dirty and the ref doesn't call anything why is there a referee he's not calling anything he's letting this huge weight disparity go and so uh archie's like oh so it's gonna be like that 
and then the mitts come fucking off. <laughs> it's like a hockey game. He, mitt, mitt. Yeah, he, he tears open the laces with his teeth and throws off his, his boxing gloves. And Hiram's like, yeah, I can do that. Let's go. He just go. goes like, fwah, fwah. <laughs> it's, it's exactly like, like a hockey game where they're like, mitts, mitts, glove, let's go. Mm-hmm. Mitts, mitts, helmet is what I meant to say. They, they don't have a jersey to br- pull over each other's heads, no. though. I love So that. they have to give each other incredible wedgies. That's, it's the next best thing. Okay, that's my favorite, like, move in hockey fights because mm-hmm. it's basically just a shirt wedgie. Yes, but it's an incredible tactical advantage. You're tying the other person up in their clothes and they can't see you. Yes. It's just free f- shots all night. This is it's very so true. If you it's... get that to go, there, you won already. But it's because it's such a childish it is. tactic, <laughs> it is. which is why it's so incredible. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to shove your shirt over your face. You can't see. Now I'm going to punch you. And who are all the people watching this fight? Who who came out and decided, you know, honey, what we should do for date night? <laughs> we should watch the crime lord try to kill the ki- the teenager. <laughs> Didn't bet on it. And that's what they start betting on. Like, uh, when Veronica finishes her number, she, she uh, gets her round of applause and she checks in with, with how things are going with Reggie. And he's like, mm, should we be taking bets on whether your dad kills Archie in the ring? Because people want to put money on that. <laughs> getting a lot of calls. After her song, the the feds also come in and, and break everything up. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the club? And they're, they do the whole, like, are you the owner? No, that's my father. He's doing an illegal boxing match at his club. <laughs> Let me give you the address. And, like, again, who are the people cheering this fight at this point? It, it's one thing if they're like, oh, man, this is an incredible fight. It's another if they are calling the bookie to be like, mm, I think this kid might die. And I'm willing to make some money off the back of a live performed murder. Papa Poutine's family. <laughs> Curly fry and waffle fry. If you want to talk about the dark underbelly of Riverdale, it's everyone in this room but Mary Andrews. Who's what? clutching her purse? <laughs> like, oh what? my dear heavens! Why is she not doing anything? Why isn't she calling the cops or her friend and the FBI? She must be friends with at least three paramedics. She has such an active social circle. Her book club has a senator, I think. Hiram um, is just wailing on Archie and gets mm-hmm. him in a. a position where he's just gonna like do archie in yeah archie uh take goes down on one knee uh toward the end yeah face just busted open in several spots oh it's one of those things where he's like holding archie by the head and you know like that hair that like punch Mm -hmm. is gonna like break his neck type thing we've all watched professional wrestling we know how it goes yeah and veronica runs in saying daddy no (laughs) And he pauses, but then the lights go out, and the cops show up. Not just any cops, Sheriff Jones. And he's like, this is my pleasure to say you're under arrest. And find out, you know, it's for conducting illegal uh, activities, and, uh... (laughs) And come on, attempted murder. Just say attempted murder. Uh, So Hiram goes to jail. (laughs) 
can we can we remove the referee's license, please, too, <laughs> while we're at it? He doesn't have one. Clearly. That's why he works there. Clearly. But even before FP comes in, Archie does have his his moment yes. of of victory, looking up with the, the biggest smile oh, yes. he can manage in well, his state. And and Hiram's all like, you know, it doesn't matter. I won. I'm the better man. And he's like, no, I was just trying to keep you busy. <laughs> like you didn't win. It was all a stalling tactic to to get him uh, tied up so that he wouldn't know he's being raided and shown in the worst possible light. Beating up a 17-year-old <laughs> child that he keeps making sexual advances at. <laughs> During with, sports. With plausible deniability. But it's always with sports. It's always with the sports. Again, Veronica's plan is entirely based on remembering half the shit these kids do is illegal. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, so Hiram's in jail uh, and he's all like, my own daughter turned against me. And she, he's like, this was all for, like, you know, a boyfriend. She's like, no, it was for me. Found out you fucking lied. Really pissed off. Oh, by the way, all your assets have been seized. Mm-hmm. I fucking won. Yeah. And Hiram is shook. That would include Pops and Le Bonnui, though, right? Like Probably. Pops and Le Bonnui are now property of the, or, or held in escrow by the U.S. Justice Department. Yes, she did say they're all going to be put up for auction. So what I am assuming is there will be a- She'll be the high bid, fingers crossed. Or Or some- that's the next thing that happens yes. season four. Yes. Okay. Or Pop wins. That's what I'm hoping is hoping. Pop- Like people- Pop Tate. People, Maybe people rally together and like- He does a GoFundMe for, for the property auction. Yeah. Everybody. Everyone's like, here Pop, we want you to own it again. But on the other hand, Hiram Lodge does have experience in losing everything, going to prison, and then coming back out just as rich and powerful as before. Yes. If anyone can do it, he already done did it. Yes. Uh, so at the Andrews household, Mary is trying to get the info on what's going on with Archie and Veronica, because, you know, they make a dynamic duo, and she believes they're endgame. You are too old to say this. You are, in the fiction of this show, 50. Well, and Archie's like, end game? <laughs> like the movie? I haven't seen it yet, Mom. No spoilies. <laughs> no spoilies for Avengers Endies. Now cook me some tendies. And she she does give him some advice, though, that, well, it doesn't matter what I think. Maybe you should talk to her. That's some good momly advice. That's some good Fred advice. That, yeah. 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 So meanwhile, at the police station, uh, we find out that there is one poor-ass deputy that has been put in charge of watching all of the Lost Boys, who are apparently orphans. <laughs> yeah, because they're all in Sheriff's Department custody. They have no home to go to. They've been living feral in the woods. There used to be 40 of them. These are just <laughs> the survivors. Yeah. Uh, Jughead comforts Ethel, um, and she's gonna tell him who the Gargoyle King is. And so she she whispers it in his ear, and he's very shook. <gasps> That's impossible. At this moment, Betty is walking through the halls of the farm with one of the coolers of organs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With a handy carrying handle. They thought of everything. Uh, and she gets a phone call 
uh, from Jughead, who fills her in that according to Ethel, the Gargoyle King is Jason Blossom. Jason Blossom, who died on Independence Day a year and a half ago. Nearly two years, because we're getting into pretty late spring. Nearly two years ago. Yes. The year 2023. Is the Gargoyle King. (laughs) Whose dead body washed up on the night of the back-to-school dance in Chapter 1. Who was buried in Chapter 4 or 5. So either zombie, Sabrina crossover, triplet, fucking triplet. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Yeah. Those those are, are things here. He, you know, has to go make Dr. Curdle Jr. proud. And exhume a body. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, Betty has to go set Cheryl straight. Nothing would ever make Cheryl straight. How dare you? She's all like, hey, here's this cooler. Let me open it. There's a lot of kidneys inside. Packed in with ice. Like, ice you would get in a hotel ice bucket. Yes. It's not even a good organ farm. They should be using dry ice. You're going to damage the tissue. And uh, she's like, this This is what's going on. The farm's a human chop shop. Uh, and, you know, he, they're making a lot of money off of this. And then Cheryl freaks out because- This finally gets through to her. And tonight is the night that Tony is having her procedure. And so she takes off to go save Tony. Uh, Betty goes to get Kevin and Fangs. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tony is with the nurses who are prepping her, and Cheryl rushes in, shoves them aside, grabs a scalpel. Brandishes it. Brazenly brandishes. Tony is all like, but Cheryl, my procedure. No, Betty might be right. Sky might be falling. Run. (laughs) Like, we gotta go. And now, Tony and Cheryl have both rescued each other from medical crimes in this building. Yes. There we go. When are we going to tear down this building? When are we going to get rid of this awful building? Kevin and Fangs are playing hacky sack. Yes. And uh, How long after a major surgery are you allowed to hacky sack? I don't know. And I did think, though, I was like, man, could have made a balls joke here. <laughs> like, not that type of hacky sack, like the real the real kind from the 90s. Like, that's what they're doing. Okay, I'll, I'll fix that in editing. Oh, okay. Another quick editor's note. No, no, I won't. I won't do that. Betty Betty comes in and she's like, you guys, they're harvesting organs. Look, there are parts here. They're taking, you know, organs. And they're like, they're taking out the parts that are diseased. Like, like they, we should just, we should just go talk to Edgar together. Betty's not having this. She does play a little hacky sack herself with Kevin's sack. Uh, as they there try to go. grab her. There you, I, I made it happen. Yes, you did. And there is a big fight that mm-hmm. that happens, and sc- scrambling and trying to get away. As and- simultaneously, Cheryl and Tony are, are running and pulling racks down behind them through the halls, and, and Cheryl helps Tony out of a window and then closes it and, and gives herself as sacrifice so that they have to deal with her and Tony can get away clean. Yes. Everybody gets an action scene. She starts punching the nurses until she's overwhelmed and outnumbered. Yes. Um, and Betty gets grabbed by some orderlies that mm-hmm. Kevin and Fangs yell in. Uh, and then and dragged out by the ankles as she's clutching at the carpet. Yes. Very, so good. And then we go to a commercial break. It ends up being the longest fucking commercial break ever. <laughs> and we uh, come back 
to Archie going to see Veronica and how you know he wants to to tell her something, but then he sees a bottle of champagne <gasps> and some glasses, and we find out that Reggie's there. And Reggie came to say that he wanted to be with Veronica, and Veronica said he she wanted to be with him. And he asks, "Is that true?" And she responds, "That's what I said," which is so good because not- it's it's an answer to a, a different question. Oh, that's so good. And it's, she says it so not enthusiastically. And I'm like, if I was Reggie, I'd walk out. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, and no, especially. No one is happy right now. Especially no one is happy. as she tries to make Archie stay mm-hmm. so they can all celebrate. We'll get out a third champagne glass. Everything went off without a hitch. We can be friends. We can be cool. Reggie, you deserve better. And Archie, you've been dumped. And Veronica, you might be drinking for one tonight and maybe think about that. Yeah. Um, So then we go back to the farm and Betty is chained to the operating table. Mm -hmm, Because of course she is. She skipped in the front of the line, folks. Step right down. And Edgar has on a apron that is stained with blood. You know, she put up a fight, but she has no choice now. They banter back and forth about, like, you know, I know what you did, and they're going to come for me. And he's like, you don't know what you saw. Um, And they put a gas mask on her that she fights against. Mm -hmm. Gotta get that anesthesia. And as she blacks out, uh, we go to the cemetery where we see Jughead digging out Jason Blossom's grave. And finding it empty. Uh, an empty, unladen coffin. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it, it was a closed casket c- ceremony. It was. Anything could have been in there. Or nothing, as, as the case may be. And that would make sense, because I think uh, Jason only had Cheryl as a pallbearer, and she's not going to carry that with a body in it. Yeah. That's, that's ludicrous. Well, and what I didn't notice, actually... Is he at just the regular cemetery, or is he at the Blossom Cemetery? I, I actually think he didn't was notice. buried at Thornhill, right? So he must be at Thornhill. Yeah, I just didn't like really pay attention the to the smoky tell. remains. So there we have it. Uh, this is, I think, breaking convention. I was expecting yeah. to know who the Gargoyle King was. We did not uh, wrap and, up, and to confront them for that matter. Yeah, yeah. We did not wrap up everything. The finale will not be our uh, fallout and and decompression episode. No. We're not going to get one. No. So much <laughs> shit has to go down next week. <laughs> and from the trailer, I mean, we're going to say they're not going to give us a cop out of it. Like, it's not going to be three months in the future. Yeah, it sure looks like we're going to get everything we expected to get tonight and more. Yes. In the finale. So, darling, what did you think? God, this was some good results. This was some good surprises. Yeah. And, I mean, it seems so ancillary to everything else because Hiram has been kind of a non-entity for most of the season. Yeah. But that subplot I really enjoyed, mostly around the fact that, like, by bringing in a a touch of the reality of the situation, Uh like, like you always go back to, and it was just a really well shot well acted fight it, it's a fight with character yeah and well, i mean as as good as some of the boxing matches have been choreography wise yeah 
none of them have been fights of character yeah. the way that this one was. Well, and so, like, we were getting kind of annoyed with the Hiram storyline for a while there. This was such a great one because we just, like, dove into it, and it yes. was all like, this is it. One episode, here it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've started this- Big pay-per-view one night only. Yes, we have started this this plan, we have done it, here's the outcome. Mm-hmm. And there'll be, like, more fallout later, I'm sure. But that was refreshing. I love a cliffhanger that looks hopeless. Yeah. I mean, unconscious, strapped to a table with a a bone saw three inches from you seems pretty hopeless. Yeah. And the cops are busy finding homes for about 18 feral orphans. (laughs) So I don't know if F.P. Jones is going to save the day. Yeah. I enjoyed with this episode, I loved like the Lost Boys. Mm -hmm. I love the twist of... The organs. Uh-huh. Like, there were so that, many- I mean, that's a finale. That was That, that, was that is something you save for last. Yes. Right? But there were, like, little little things that were just, like, so, like, refreshing and surprising and, like, mm-hmm. fun. I feel like the Lost Boys could have replaced one of the resurrections of Kurtz's kids, right? Like, there, there are a few things that happened too many times. Yeah. And the, the Lost Boys could have could have really propped that up earlier in the season. Yeah, but I love that they just popped out of the woods. Yes. That they are just one with the woods. <laughs> and that is the only place they live. And that you don't And they're ha- just little Ewoks with sticks. And Ewoks, as we know, are man-eating killers. Yep. Yeah. They're cannibals! Oh my god, they're fucking cannibals. They like okay, they they turn stormtrooper helmets into a drum kit. Sure. What do you think happened to the heads? Dinner. Remember how they met Han and Luke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, it is canon that they, it is seriously current canon that they tried to eat the stormtroopers, but Leia convinced them not to. Yeah. Yes. Nice. That is in continuity. I I feel positive about this episode. Me me as well. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was good. I am really excited that next week we'll continue the action. Yeah, and it looks like, again, we'll talk about the trailer in a bit, things are going to pop off. Yes. While we're looking forward, mm-hmm. let's let's look with our third eye. Let's peer into our crystal balls. Uh-huh. Darling, speaking of balls, do you have any predictions? Yes. What we're going to find out is that Cheryl was talking to Jason. Mm-hmm. It actually was. There you many, go. Many it of explains the, it. Many of these things are going to be hallucinations. Many of these things are going to be fake that people were seeing. Hers is going to be real. Charles was going to be real because it's fucking Edgar. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Going with that still. I just just that. that, that it's going to be real. She wasn't being played. Mm-hmm, then it mm-hmm. was something else. But so- she, it's going to also, though, be, like, quite a traumatizing moment when she finds out, like, wait, you really were alive all this time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not a prediction. This is talk about a fan theory that seems to have been dashed. Yes. The idea that the Gargoyle King was Chick, the fake Charles from from season two, that managed to survive the Black Hood and and live another day. What if Chick was really their Quint? Not everything can be multiple births. (laughs) Not everything can be multiple births. Yes, it can. People, People were very convinced about this. The thing I like about that is that it would have dovetailed so nicely with the idea that Edgar was the real Charles Smith. 
Yes. And we knew they had a previous relationship. Charles had the history in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, which includes being uh, uh, traumatized by the Gargoyle King yes. that he gave to, to Chick. That would have been really cool and smart. Yeah. I hope whatever's going on with Jason is is also as cool and smart. Yeah. Because both of them are entities that have been completely absent from the show this entire season outside of the, the robes and skull and branches. Yes. So it's, it's a toss-up that way. Who do you think actually got the carvings, the tattoos? If it's Jason, then I think Jason got the tattoos and a sandy blonde dye job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. He had to hide that red hair. Mm-hmm. That Otherwise, everyone would know. Very distinctive red hair. He's the only villain that doesn't have it in for Archie, so he's not trying to play off of that. Yeah. Yeah. But for my first prediction of the night, I believe that this episode will go down as where Ethel's crush on Jughead begins. Oh, yeah. Fi- finally bringing in that element of comics Ethel mugs. Yes. Well, I think it's been building up for a little while. They did have yes. that smooch back when he was learning how to play the game. But yes, I, but I do think. Now he's her knight in shining armor, saving her life. They they went through this experience together. They have kids together all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gave her some some comfort. Yes. I think I might have said this way back when, when they had that kiss back in the early part of the season, but I I mean it this time. Ethel's going to have a crush on Jughead going forward. Yeah. Also, I talked a little bit earlier about how uh, impossible and hopeless uh, Betty's cliffhanger seems, but I already know how they're going to get out of it. Yeah. Knock, knock, daddy's home. Yeah. Black Hood to the rescue, kicking down doors, hooking people. Yes. Yeah. He's coming for his little girl and his other little girl and his grandkids. And Alice can stay and rot for all he cares. (laughs) I'm confident in a lot of my uh, predictions throughout the course of the show, but this is one I would put money on. Yeah. Yes. Well, Tony got away. So I feel like Tony is also uh, rallying the troops, perhaps the pretty poisons and the serpents. Yes, yes. Their queen. She she is leading them there mm-hmm. uh, to save everyone. What if that's the next building to be burned down? I would drink to that. Right? I mean, they could. They could, like, rescue the people they need to rescue and then... Even with all the people in it, you know, you, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going with Tony. He's going to save the day. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I like this better, even though I don't think it would happen. So Tony goes to the cops. And they're trying to rally stuff, but the Lost Boys here, mm-hmm. and the Lost Boys- They use their ancient magic. Rush in with their spears. Because they're the artillery. Yes. Because maybe they hear, and then like Ethel's visiting them, and she's like, oh no, mm-hmm. we have to tell Jughead. And they're like, there's no time. We must go say, you know, we can do this. We've trained for this. And they like rush in <laughs> and like spear everyone. It's their quest. Yes. Oh. And since they're cannibals, they they love all the like kidneys. They've they've developed a taste for the sweet meats. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know we already tried this earlier in the season, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. There are a lot of things that have happened more than once in the season. Yeah. What if the gargoyle king is defeated by a revolutionary quest? 
Oh. The true ascension is to uh, is to overthrow the monarchy and depose the gargoyle king. Oh. And so everyone who's still deep in uh, uh, their Fizzle Rocks fugue is given the quest to to unmask and destroy the gargoyle king, and and that's what finally ends this this madness. Could see it. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, a further step beyond the Griffin Queen gambit. Yeah. I've said some predictions, you've said some predictions, but... I haven't said that many. But we're getting to the end, so yes. we have to survey all the hosts of the show. Moki, what do you think is happening in the finale? Who's going to take down the Gargoyle King? Hot Dog? You think Hot Dog's going to do it? Oh, I'm getting a head tilt. All Hot right, dog? there we have it. Yep. Hot Dog is saving the day. Our dog said so. Moki believes in Hot Dog. Well, white fluffy dogs have to stay <laughs> oh. together. Oh, and Vegas is going to be back up? Moki, you're so smart. Oh. So smart. So smart. <laughs> Did you want to mention our the news that came out, though, today? There are two pieces of news. The first one that is much more relevant, I think, is that the Katie Keene series, that pilot, was apparently successful because it was picked up for series. Yes. We will be seeing it in the fall. Yeah. Probably immediately after Riverdale or before or... One of them is going to lead into the other, right? It's going to be shown as a block. Yeah. It's it's just going to be. Maybe. They don't do that with their, like, superhero shows, though. That's true. Because yeah. then, like, if they do a crossover, you have to watch both nights. Yeah. It's fuckers. But the second is the name of the royal baby, Little Prince Archie, seventh in line for the throne of Great Britain. Are they big fans? I know, I know like, everyone's questioning this and making this joke, but are they, like... Are they big fans of our show? They are big fans of our show. Do I they listen? Give, I want to give a shout out to HRHQE2. Thanks for holding it down, keeping it real. Catch you on the flip side. Love the dogs. Love Is those it, dogs. I mean, it would make sense. Like, you and Megan went to the same college. It's true. We were we were tight, Megan and I. Yeah. I, I called her Megs. <laughs> Megs. Yeah. Down on the quad. Meggie. Never Meggie. No. Oh, she hated that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but we, we were posed the question, or rather someone asked the question and then somebody sent us them asking rhetorically, this is why you should follow us on Twitter. You, you turn into a segment on the show. For real, though, if Prince Archie is seventh in line to the British throne, but Jughead is the current Serpent King, do either of them outrank the Gargoyle King? Oh. What do you think? I think they I think the Gargoyle King and Jughead both outrank little Prince Archie because they are kings. Cuz they are kings and he is seventh in line. He he is but a prince. He has to have a lot of people die for him to be able to do anything. And it's kind of sad because they're all his parents, uncle, cousins, his his older sister. He's going to go all Game of Thrones on their ass. <laughs> um now as for the Gargoyle King and Jughead, you know, it depends on the moment. Mm-hmm. It depends on the size of their holdings and lands. Yes, and that is constantly changing. It's true. I mean, there there is a time. I think the Gargoyle King has always been superior to a degree, but there have been times when it's close, and there have been times when it's not at all close. Yes. I agree with everything you said, mm-hmm. but I think you and the person who originally asked the question are neglecting. Betty Cooper, who is both Serpent Queen and Griffin Queen. 
Yeah. Holder of twin titles, dual domains, the undisputed regent of my heart. Yeah, there's all that, but she's like done nothing with it. That's the best kind of royalty, if you ask me. I mean, she can make a lot of children follow her out of a building. And she doesn't even extract taxes or, or live on the public dime. Yeah. She's the best. I mean, I think we are all missing the fact that F.P. Jones was the best king. Oh, yes. Uh, Most skillful, yes. But highest ranking is the question. It's hard to know what we're ranking them against. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Happiness of the people? Money? We will revisit this once we see the baby's abs. If we're talking about land holding, then we gotta go with Hiram for a while there. Ah, yes. the, the, The kingpin. Yes. Or um, maybe we have to go with Papa Poutine, the king of Canada. Or the sausage king of Chicago. I think we all know what the real king is, and that's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. This episode brought to you by Burger King. So, what do we know about our next episode? Well, it is called Survive the Night. Uh, if you Google that, the first thing that comes up is a Five Nights at Freddy's fan video. That's not right. It's probably named for a 1993 uh, TV movie about... Surviving the night? About a family that winds up stranded in the South Bronx uh, and escaping a youth gang. Under the sadistic Ice? Ice is the name of a a gang member. Oh, okay. Not not the current day sadistic Ice. That didn't exist in 1993. I was very confused. (laughs) And it shouldn't exist in 2020. We can make it happen. But let's talk trailer. We're getting another invitation from the Gargoyle King. One last ride. And don't tell anyone. Dude loves stationery. I love stationery too. Flashlights in the dark around a creepy ass tree. Yeah. Hell's back. Threatening to kill you and your friends, whoever you is. Ascension Knight is upon us, according to Edgar. According Edgar's talking Ascension now. I got a little surgical hammer. Kevin is sitting in an oval room surrounded by empty robes and candles. Where are all the people who used to be in those robes? Oh no! Did he pour acid on all of them? Did he throw that special Oz water that makes people melt? Why is Kevin alone? Who left my boy alone? What if everyone else leaves the farm, but Kevin doesn't want to? Kevin is so deep in it, he can't get out. He's lost too many people. Oh no! Blames himself for too many people. All the minor characters we like and wish they got more screen time are going to leave the show. (laughs) Archie's got the runes on his back. There's lots of screaming and running. Somebody's got a gun. Someone is getting thrown by their ankles. I'm pretty certain it's Archie, but there's just I was thinking it was Jughead. I'm not sure who's throwing them. It's it's this big black shape, and it is a fraction of a second in that trailer. (laughs) Very hard to tell. I'm guessing the Gargoyle King, but it could be Hal. They are both menacing dark figures. I'm going to say that we are finally getting, like, our supernatural element of this all. Yeah. Yes. You think so? Okay. Prediction. Prediction. So Jason's, like, a warlock. Jason's a warlock, obviously. Yeah. That's why his his family, like, put a lot of pressure on him because he had to, like, conceal, don't feel. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, don't let them know. Frozen reference again? Yeah, I'm waiting for you to get to better stuff. Okay. But, so either, like, he's been spending a lot of time elsewhere 
to like develop his supernatural powers because he got brought back from the or he couldn't die. He couldn't die. He couldn't die. He couldn't die. Because of his magics. Because of his magics. His powerful magic. Yeah. Maybe Nana Rose put a curse on him. Oh. So he couldn't die. Couldn't die. I don't know. I am brainstorming right now. Clearly. But your, your brain's doing something. My brain is doing a lot. I don't know what it is right now. I'm trying no to figure one knows. it out. No one but knows I what your brain is doing. But I want there to be supernatural, like... Supernatural has 20 more episodes. Powers. Powers. Powers, I don't think, ever made it to series. Or maybe it did on a streaming pro- platform. Why do I do this show with you? We're married. I, still... Uh, but I do feel the need to remind people that our next episode is not coming in one week's time. Because unfortunately, there are some conflicts mm-hmm. that cannot be avoided. Right. So my plan is that we are watching it on Thursday. We will watch and record it on Thursday. But Thanks. we're not going to make you wait like last year. It's only going to be one day rather than one week. You will be getting this in your feeds as you wake up bright and early Friday morning instead of Thursday like every other episode. Yes. Also, that means none of you better tweet at us with no. any spoilers. Shh, Jesus Christ. I will be probably going on like a social media blackout for yes. 24 hours. Fuck. Because I can't. This means I might be like deleting apps off my phone. Yes. So I am not tempted. Don't say a goddamn word to me. I cannot have this ruined. I don't care about Game of Thrones. I don't care about Endgame. I care about Survive the Night. Yes. I care so much about Survive the Night. So don't fuck this up for us. I will find you and I will end you. Because we're not soft. I'm soft right now, but I can change. You can change. We all can change. It's Rocky Four again. <laughs> Uh, so, we will see you next week. On Thursday night slash Friday morning. But in the meantime, you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, those places. All those places. We love you, thank you. You can also tell a friend. We love them, thank them. You can also follow us on Twitter. We love us. Don't say anything to us on Wednesday night or all of Thursday. Yeah, otherwise you're in a lot of fucking trouble. But you, you should say things to us other times and... So you can follow us uh, at sex underscore Archie. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, I, I think that about covers it. Uh, so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie... Yeah, Ronnie, your dad sucks. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. Me rocking you, break it down with your sugar. Oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you, break it down, come on. And you got me, and you got me, and you got me. Break it down, won't you please? I'm sorry for the continuous ball theme. They just kept talking about them. Kept talking about their hacky sacks. Is that why it's called that? Is that like what they were going for? Was the balls? But is that who invented it? Was like, you know what? I'm staring at your balls. This I would make a great toy. <laughs> Are well, you still recording? It was invented by the Hacky family. Yes, I'm still <laughs> recording. End up in. <laughs>